Welcome to this week's edition of Gravel Travel. I'm your host, JJ LaRue. Not much of an adventure will be had if you didn't have a bike, so I guess it's time to take this right back to the beginning. Gaining knowledge of a predetermined subject out of a book or on a tertiary level is just part of the process of learning and understanding. To complete this education, you need to gain practical experience, and that in itself is an ongoing process. Now, you find yourself needing advice. And the best man to go to, in my view, is the one with the most practical knowledge. I called in on two previous guests on my show, Stefan Borsoff and Maura Campbell, to help shed some light on the factors that you should consider when buying an adventure motorcycle. First, uh, speak to Stefan and then to Maura. The big, beautiful blue motorcycle in the print ad campaign might not be the right one for you nor will the orange bike that your friend ride up and down the hillside that you are so impressed with um, it might be the wrong choice so uh, Stefan what do you think statistics we have access to say that um, less than 10% of adventure bikes ever see a gravel road and of those um, a very small percentage would actually do a multi-day trip so um, you know the, the breakfast runs and the ride around in and around the house is fairly common and, and there's lots of that but um, you don't see that many people that um, that would do a, a multi-day adventure ride there's there's a few things to consider obviously um, the, the budget is i suppose the, the first thing how much money do you really want to spend on on the game that will dictate whether you're going to buy a, a new or a or a used motorbike there's, there's a lot of options out there um, where, where that's concerned and then the next step um, the application um, what do you want to do with a, with a bike? If you're only going to do a, a straight long gravel road, it's one thing. But if you want to go and ride single tracks in Lesotho, it's, and then you need to look at yourself relative to what, what you're able to, um, to do or what, what kind of experience do you have on, on motorbikes? Um, have you ridden a bike before or are you a total beginner? Which will obviously influence the, the, the decision. So um, price, application and the, the rider ability and would probably be the, the three biggest things to consider. The offering is, is, is big out there. We've especially seen um, a lot of activity in the, in the sort of mid-range section of the, of the market, the 800cc class bikes. Been a lot of growth in that, in that sector. Yeah, KTM has come up with a 790 and BMW with a, with a 850 and Yamaha is now coming up with a, with a T7 that they're just um, launching. Could be a minefield because um, the choice is so big that, that that makes choosing the right bike for you even more difficult. If if budget is a consideration and you already own a dual sport motorcycle, what are the three the three main things that you can consider to change on your motorcycle to improve the capability? Yeah, that's um, it's something that a lot of people really want to do too fast and too quickly. I think is is to start making changes. If you if you're going to ride a motorcycle, there's there's really two things that you're going to interact with, and the the one is the motorbike, and the other one is people, because um, the the riding of bikes is is for for the most um, a body sport, so you will be dealing with people. The main person you're going to be dealing with is yourself. So um, if you start looking at, um, at at changing things on on the motorbike, 
the right answer is, is as little as possible because um, if you go on any bike trip, the first things that will fall off the bike is the ones that you've bolted onto the bike. Um, the stuff that it came with um, would probably be um, the last to, um, to, to cause damage or to cause problems on the road. When you start accessorizing the bike, um, it's very important to think carefully about what you're going to put on the bike and what your reasoning for, for having this accessory is. You do get people who will take the Touratech catalog and, and page through it and buy every accessory just because it looks cool. Biggest modifications that you can probably do is, um, or the most useful ones for off-road riding is, um, is suspension modifications. So um, many of the um, of the dual sport bikes come with a suspension that's um, that's too soft for our conditions in South Africa. So upgrading a suspension is um, is a useful and um, and a meaningful thing to do. And then the next step would probably be protection of the bike. Um, many bikes come without any any sort of protection, like um, like crash bars and pannier frames on the rear. Um, I don't propagate using panniers, but the pannier frames are good protection for the for the motorbike. It, it increases your confidence if you have proper protection on the bike because you're not so worried about tipping it over, and um, um, you know, the, the damage is just a lot less if you um, if you have the, the proper protection. The, the person, mainly yourself, um, that's probably where you can make the biggest changes. And the, the first step is to to make sure that you that you're able to to ride the motorbike. You know, so um, there's a lot of options out there for um, for training and teaching and learning how to ride the bikes. There's no bigger investment or better investment that you can make for the money that um, that, that some training will cost you. Um, the second step is um, is to make sure that you understand a little bit of the of the technical workings of of a bike. Simple things like fixing a puncture and knowing where the battery is and how the, the power works on the bike and where the fuses are and having the right tools to um, to do basic repairs along the way is also quite important. Um, it's very difficult to help someone who doesn't have anything with him. It just makes you um, a better person to ride with as well if you um, if you can make a contribution to fixing your own punctures and and whatever ailments your bike might come up with. Yeah, far too often you see people spending 15, 20, 30, or even more. Now it's not it's not very difficult to spend that amount of money on a motorcycle, but but haven't thought about the consequences of not going on a training course, which is far more valuable than than any form of protection. Um, the worst thing that we see is um, is someone buys a bike and he's um, he remains scared of riding it, and he, he trades it in a year later with two thousand kilometers on the clock or something. The training is actually more than the training. It's um, it's it's all about becoming part of a community and learning a lot more than than just how to ride the motorbike. The guys that I know, and I include myself with this, that derive the most joy out of their motorcycles is the ones who have done more than one training course. Right, Morag, I I want to know what would you say? What, in your opinion, is are the factors that you should consider when buying a motorcycle? I think there's two kinds of or there's two groups of people that are buying bikes those are those who are already riding and those who haven't ever ridden before and i think one of the questions to ask would be why are you buying a motorbike um what are what is it that the bike is representing for you is it um sort of exercise is it gaining access to community and friends um is it a lifestyle so it's i think it can also be quite an emotional response to buy a bike um, and if you've never ridden before there's a lot of unknown factors in it so 
people can start asking around the questions around what should they be doing, what should they be buying, and it's everyone else's opinions. And I, I think before you buy a bike, if you have never ridden before, one should one should actually learn how to ride first, preferably at a training school on a bike that doesn't have to be yours, you know, so you learn on the day and you get to you get a better perspective of what your skills are and how you fit on a bike, I guess is the way of saying it. Um, and you would gain a better understanding of of what would suit you. Um, and then you can start to ask the questions around um, should it you know should it be a smaller a smaller bike or a larger bike? Why am I riding? What is the kind of riding I want to do? Is it going to be road or off road or enduro? And also know that all these reasons why you buy a bike can also change um, as you get to as you get to ride. Um, things are, are fluid and shifting. But um, I mean, certainly then so, then you can readjust. I mean, then you can make changes as you go yes, along. So, but by yes, then you would have you would yes. have gained uh, lots of experience and a better understanding of where it is where you want to go with this. Exactly, so, and and it's your understanding and your experience, and it's not necessarily someone else telling you, oh, you should buy this or you should buy that, which is actually their experience that they're offering you. What are the dangers in that specifically? And also, if you if you look around at at what's happening in the press, you know, the big thing that everybody is now selling TFT screens with traction control and and and. And on the social media platforms, our our favorite little chat room um, on Facebook that we have, and you ask for advice there. That what can happen is someone puts a question out on Facebook and says, "I've never ridden before. What bike do you advise?" And people are offering their experience and their preferred bike without really understanding the context of that particular person's life or um, physical uh, experience or age or height. Um, and I think it is important to understand your ability and what you want to do. Um, and the danger is that someone says, oh, you know, XYZ bike is the best bike. You have to get that. And it isn't necessarily the best bike for you. And I, I think that can be fairly dangerous to pick up on other people's opinions without making a judgment based on your own experience, on, on your own abilities. So if you can learn to ride a bike, you would understand what size bike is suitable for you um, and what kind of riding you would want to do. And if you can learn to ride in a in a training scenario, then you gain the, the prerequisite skills that, that make you a safe rider. No no one is necessarily really at fault. So the, per, the person that needs the advice, that's seeking the advice, and the person that gives the advice don't necessarily understand the right dynamics about it. And like you say, their experience might have been different to the person that's now wanting to to explore and wanting to to go into that um and walk down that road, go go and explore the 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 adventure motorcycling side of things, for instance. So once you have ridden and you understand what kind of riding you're looking for and what kind of bike you're looking for, then everyone else's opinions and all the online tutorials and videos, etc., and the reviews can start to fit into a bigger picture, which you, wherein you can then start to make um, suitable decisions. But but when it's completely unknown, sort of being told to, you know, from different, different people being told to ride 10 different bikes – it's it's not necessarily helping you. Let's not forget that I don't think there's one perfect bike on the market. There might be a lot of bikes that can do everything really well, 
But I mean, for so for someone that's a bit more experienced, a lot more experienced than you are, you might at the end of the day choose more than one motorcycle and have more than one motorcycle in and your garage. And I think the other thing also about uh, sort of a notion about buying the perfect bike, I think another way of approaching it is if you are learning is to say there's a you can start on a smaller bike and see it as a, a temporary bike, you know, a transitional bike. So you could look for something that's secondhand and it doesn't matter if you drop it and damage it. Um, and it can be a smaller bike so you gain a little bit more confidence because it's lighter, it's even easier to maneuver and turn and, and everything else. Um, or you could look for bikes that have guaranteed buybacks. So I think the idea of sort of being fluid with your bikes, um, but says me who's had my GS for five years, um, but the idea that you, you buy a bike and then buy additional bikes because there's different types of riding that you want to do, I think is, is valid, yes. There's, there's certainly a lot more elements that influence everything in the long run as well, like suspension and tires. and um, but, but that is something that will come with time um, when you gain a, a lot more experience. And, and this kind of leads to my next question is, do you have an opinion about somebody that already own a dual sport motorcycle and it's a budget opinion for them? What are the things that they can maybe consider changing on their bike that'll that'll enable or make it a bit better? Sure. Uh, JJ, that's actually an interesting question because on some levels I, I think that there's a lot of modifications which are made which are unnecessary. Um, so people are lowering suspensions. Um a, a sort of a lowered seat, I think, is an easy fix. You know, that that's a, a quick and easy fix. But lowering suspensions can be sort of 20,000, 30,000 rand additional and are not necessarily required if the person actually learns how to move their butt and sit with one foot on, you know, on the ground and one foot on the peg. And it's a little bit of gaining mobility and confidence on the bike. So I think there's some modifications which are done which are unnecessary. Um, suspension can make a difference and so can tyres. I mean, specifically on my um, enduro bike on the 300, I changed my tyres to um, a much softer compound and to gummies and the riding was completely different. Um, and yeah, it almost felt like a different, you know, I'm a different rider. <laughs> it gave a lot more confidence. It, it grips in, on the rocks and much, much easier to, to ride. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to say there, JJ, was um, that I think buying a bike is actually kind of an emotional, I think you buy a bike that fits you, that you kind of fall in love with. And I think there's almost an emotional response to a bike when you begin riding. Um, and it's almost what that bike represents for you. And when you're beginning to ride I don't think you have to have the best bike when you're beginning to ride. You're still learning. And as long as you love the bike and you've connected with it, I think you've got the right bike. And, and obviously that it's safe. Um, yeah. I, I think the bike represents so much to us. You know, it's it's freedom, it's independence, it's a sense of community. Um, and, and that bond between you and the bike um, it's important for you to feel good on the bike and, and ride well and safe. 